Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Listening for Christ. Knockoff products that try to copy more successful merchandise are generally cheaper to purchase, but they can be more costly in the long run. They tend to break down faster. They don't perform as well as the original designs. Sometimes the makers of these knockoffs try to trick their buyers with clever names that are close to the original product, but not exactly the same. Maybe you have seen some of these in the store. Uh, there is the Skirple versus the Sharpie marker. The Umo card versus the Uno card game. And this is a funny one I thought, the Arm and Hatchet baking soda. <laughs> At best, getting duped by these fake products can be frustrating when you find that you, they don't work as you expected them. But they can also be dangerous. I mean, imagine how you might feel if you found out that the child seat that you just purchased didn't really meet the, spe the safety specifications that you thought you had paid for. And even worse are the counterfeit products that claim to be something that they're not. According to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, it's estimated that the global economy loses $500 billion a year due to counterfeit products. And the impact is even greater when you consider the health and safety effects for those products, like fake auto parts or fake pharmaceuticals that can cause injuries or result in a health crisis. Some of this estimates have gone up to $1.3 trillion per year. Yes, being tricked into using the fake products can be frustrating and dangerous, but failing for a falling for a false teacher can actually even be worse in many ways. In our gospel reading from the Gospel of John this morning, Jesus explains to the Pharisees and his followers that he is the good shepherd, the authentic teacher of God and God's ways. Anyone who wants to gain a fulfilling life by being a part of his flock, that group which has a deep relationship with God, will have to join the flock by following Jesus and the principles that he taught. Simply claiming to be a part of Christ's fold or taking in an inauthentic identity by another means won't result in gaining the true benefits of having a deep relationship with God. As you might imagine, following a false teacher who claims to lead people towards fulfillment but only steers them away from God, toward their ulterior motives that benefit that teacher, that can be devastating. These kinds of charades can last years and result in contemptuous dispositions that deter people from living a life of faith in general. This can be much worse than being duped by buying the wrong product. Of course, there are also the tangible benefits, really, of being part of the Christian community. This was especially true of those in the first century, in the early days of the church. In this morning's passage from the book of Acts, it describes how the first Christians came together to support each other. They shared all things in common and sold their extra possessions so that they give the pro could give the proceeds to anyone who was in need. Obviously, claiming to be a part of the sheepfold and reaping the benefits of a generous people 
could be enticing to someone focused on material gains. And those were likely some of the thieves and bandits that Jesus had referred to. They are the ones interested in coming to the sheepfold because of they, what, what they might materialistically gain from being part of the group. Like the parable that described the kingdom of heaven as a small mustard seed that grows into a large bush big enough for the birds of the air to build nests in. The early church started small but grew into a large community that probably allowed some nefarious characters into the sheepfold who may have been more interested in materialistic advantages of being, than being part of the church. They came in with an attitude of, what can I get out of this? Or what will this do for me? Despite the various ways that people enter the flock, there's always the influence of Christ within the community that can guide those with wherever they come from towards a deepening of their relationship with God. For example, there were the activities described in Acts in the first church, which clearly cultivated the fruits of the Spirit. They were known to spend much time in the temple praising God and breaking bread with glad, generous hearts. These are the kinds of activities that can change a person's perspective on life. Even a callous thief looking for an easy score could be moved towards repentance when steeped in such an atmosphere of praise and gratitude. As Teilhard de Cacharano aptly noted, when we focus on our relationship with God, we begin to see ourselves more as spiritual beings having a human experience rather than human beings having a spiritual experience. This shift in focus to the spiritual perspective allowed them to continue growing in numbers daily as people re realized and recognized their calling to follow Christ. The more we become attuned to Christ, the more we're able to discern Christ's call in our own lives. It's kind of like a, a Google Home device that I have at the Parsonage. I have a voice-activated little system, a device, that's something like Amazon's Alexa, but it, it's made by Google. It's always on, listening for the trigger phrase, hey Google. But it's only trained for my voice. If someone else comes to the parsonage and says, hey Google, turn on the lights, nothing will happen. It's only trained to listen to my voice. So, But if I say, hey Google, turn on the lights, then the lights will automatically come on. The Google Home device will only respond to my voice because that is how it's trained. And now it knows Brooke's voice too. <laughs> Similarly, when we are tuned to Christ, Christ's voice is in our spirit. And we will know when Christ says something to us. Jesus told his listeners that he will call them by name and they will know his voice. Through a deep spiritual connection to Christ, his followers will be able to know when they are being called by God versus someone or something else. The false teachers that tempt us to seek fulfillment through greed or pride will be ignored by all those who are tuned to Christ. Jesus predicted that the followers of his sheepfold will even run away from these false teachers because they will know the cost of following a false teacher. 
When we fail to flee from the temptations, we are essentially admitting that we aren't connected or have not connected to God as deeply as we probably should have. This was a problem for Jesus that he raised. This is a problem that Jesus raised with the Jewish authorities. Jesus criticized the Jewish authorities for their pursuit of admiration and their insistence on following the letter rather than the spirit of the law. Rather than worshiping God, they were adamant that the people should be worshiping their religion. Sadly, many of them didn't even know how far they were from God while pursuing the idols of pride and greed, as we do sometimes in our own culture. They had become accustomed to cultural norms that demanded veneration of religious leaders, and they pursued endeavors that would grant them greater admiration from their neighbors, as our culture and society has done as well. They spent many years learning and teaching that the path to fulfillment was based on being admired by others in the community. But this is not how Christ led. Christ led as a servant. In describing himself as the good shepherd, Jesus explained that he leads his flock and they follow his voice. And as they follow his voice, they tread the same path that he sets before them. And the path that Jesus chose is the path of servitude, despite his status as the Son of God. As an early hymn described, it was brought out in, in the church of Philippi. Jesus was one who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness. And being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus came to serve God's will, not to be admired by those around him. And in serving God's will, Jesus demonstrated what it's like to really be a spiritual being having a human experience as he offered the gift of salvation to all of humanity. Through his crucifixion and resurrection, we have been given the gift of forgiveness of our sins so that we may have a deeper relationship with God and a more fulfilling relationship with God. This is because of the choice that Jesus made to follow God. By fostering our relationship with Christ, we attune ourselves to God so that we can discern the divine voice of compassion and love in our daily walk. This is the path that Jesus led when he walked on earth, and it's the path that he continues to lead his flock today. Today, Christ is still calling us, calling us to follow him. We are all to attune to our spirits with God's Holy Spirit, so that we can differentiate the true teacher from the false teacher and avoid the pain and frustration of being tricked into wasting time and energy on useless knockoffs. Instead of focusing on the transient gratifications of this world and the, the whims of a fickle, fickle popular voice, we're encouraged to follow the steady hand of God who made us to be spiritual beings in the image of God, in the image of God's self. We are all one, 
one body of Christ on earth, made in the same image of God, and ultimately returning back to the one true God in the end. Therefore, I invite you today to reflect on how you can tune in to the voice of Christ and discern how you are being called to serve in this world, in your lifetime. Regardless of the reasons you came into the flock, you're here now. Use this opportunity to seek out the shepherd and learn what to do. No doubt we will be invited to share our gifts and resources for the benefit of each other as the first church did, as well as the rest of the world. And we will be encouraged to praise God and worship as the first church did. Break bread together, living gratitude for what we have been given. But I think you will have your own personal calling that will bring great joy and satisfaction. So take some time, not just once, but on a regular basis, and quietly sit in the presence of the Spirit and listen for your message from Christ. Amen.